If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Moms, the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendships, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie. And we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. I know we say that we're excited every week, but like we're really excited this week. So excited because Droughtlander is over. Woo! It's over. Season six premiered just this past Sunday. And today we are dishing and spilling the tea on the Outlander season six premiere. So Outlander is a star's original starring Katrina Balfe as Claire Fraser and Sam Hewen as Jamie Fraser. So for the next eight weeks or so, we will be giving a weekly recap of each episode in season six, and we are pumped. Get it. I'm so excited. A couple of Sassanacs ready to just talk all things Outlander. Bring it. (laughs) I am ready. (laughs) I've never been more ready in my life. We've waited a long time. It's been over a year, right? Easily, easily, easily over a year. I have to say though, now this is not really a spoiler, I guess, but I was really caught off guard by the intro song being sung by a male voice for the first half of it. Oh, I do remember thinking something similar, but I always remember that they change up the yeah. credits every season. So yeah, sure. Throw a dude in there, mix it up. Yeah. Get crazy. The harmonizing at the end was beautiful because I always like end up singing along to that. I mean, you know, it's like our, it's like our, (laughs) I don't know. It's like our battle song, you know, sing me a song. Like we are lasses that are gone. Okay. (laughs) But overall, I mean, it was beautiful at the end, but at first I was like, wait, where's our lady? Where's the lady who sings this? I need her voice or Outlander cannot start. But then she, she hopped on in there. All right. So here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. You guys know what that means. It means spoilers. We have watched season six, episode one, and we're talking about it. Episode 601 is entitled Echoes, and it was 80 minutes long, which I was very satisfied by. So in the beginning, we get to see like a flashback to when Jamie first arrives at Ardsmere prison. So we remember watching season three By the time Jamie has arrived to Ardsmere, the other prisoners have been there for seven years because he's been in hiding, right? Mm -hmm. During that time, Tom Christie has become something of a leader to the Protestant prisoners. Jamie arrives and sees the fighting going on between the groups. The garrison commander is not thrilled by this fighting. And then Jamie notices that Tom and the commander are both Freemasons. And Jamie sees this as a way to unify the prisoners so that the needless fighting and killing of each other stops. So then there's a power shift 
and Jamie becomes the leader and essentially boots Tom Christie out of the role. Tom is none too pleased and eats a rather large piece of humble pie in the process because the men are naturally just respecting Jamie and Tom has been trying to get them to respect him this whole time to no avail. Mm -hmm. So this kind of sets up the vibe, right? That's going to go on between them when the Christie's arrive at the Ridge. I was very happy also with the long first episode. They covered so much ground. Mm-hmm which we needed. This is a very big book. Mm -hmm. And I was very happy with how much they did cover, knowing how much they have to cover with other storylines in book Mm -hmm. six. So that being said, I was very happy that they knocked out the Tom Christie, Jamie feud, butting of heads, just yeah, that whole dynamic. Yeah. Overall male power flex, (laughs) you know, it, I'm glad that they knocked that out when they did, because we've got so much to cover in season six. So So much and not enough episodes to do it. This is a shorter season based on episode one. They're packing it with a punch. So I'm very happy with that. Who's new to the Ridge and how do we feel about them? Obviously the Christie's have arrived and Tom is every bit as irritating as he was in the books. Yes. He's he's just so very like grating on the nerves. Like, do you have to be so grumpy about everything when he's talking about his pious followers? I'm like, ew, just please like stop church lady. I agree. I mean, again, it was the male power flex that was just Mm -hmm. so unnecessary, but this is how he was written in the book. So they got the right actor to do the right. Oh yes, for sure. I did appreciate when he passed out, when Claire was stitching him up, it was just like oddly satisfying. Like, "Mm -hmm." yes, now. Yes. And then Alan Christie seems just like so slimy and like cowardly. One of those people that's like trying to be impressed. He stole the, you know, horn full of gunpowder and he's like, oh, I carved it myself. And I'm like, you didn't carve nothing. And I kind of forgot about that storyline. I don't remember it at all in the books. So slimy. Yes. Fully agree. But also, did you see how much ass kissing he did to Jamie? It was just like, this is the castle. Like, and I bet that got under Tom skin so much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Ooh, yes. Keep it going. Come on, Alan. Give it to him. That was oddly satisfying to me. Yes. Yeah. Cause he was like so impressed. Yeah. He was kissing Jamie's ass a lot. You're yeah. right. Um, and then Malva, she just creeps me out. She just reminds me of like, I don't watch horror films, but you know, in the horror films where the girl with like the stringy black hair, the crawling on the ceiling. Oh, that's her. She's the one that's going to haunt you at right? night. Malva in particular, I'm like waiting. I was looking for little Easter eggs on when we're going to see her come into her like most evil moments. Just waiting for those most evil moment Easter eggs where when she like mentioned Lucifer in Greek and I was like, she didn't say Satan. Okay. She's fine. She's not a witch. Drop it. Leave it alone. You're not welcome here. You know? And <laughs> like holding up the cross. Yeah. I know. Right. Garlic around your neck. Yeah. She's so good at that wide-eyed, innocent look. Mm-hmm. But she like peers from nowhere and you're just Claire's like, oh, I thought you were Brianna. <laughs> She's like, no, it's me, the crazy one. Yeah, they didn't give any sort of hints, no looks between her and Alan, nothing to, I think for, you know, viewers who haven't read the books, they're probably, they want it to be a shock. Right. Because it was in the books. You're like, what? Yeah. So (laughs) I probably won't give that spoiler out 
too soon. Yeah. None of them really give me like, oh, you can totally trust me vibes. Like there's none of that happening. Not at all. At all. Not at all. That's going to be a fun ride. I just love how like when Claire first meets them, she's like, oh, hi, everyone. I don't know what I'm walking into, you know, but I'm going to be your friendly neighborhood doctor coming in to save the day or help wherever I can. And she doesn't know that they're going to just cause a shit storm. Such a shit storm. Big storm of shit. Did you see Amy? Yes. Amy Amy Higgins. Yes. Yes. With her two boys. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. They introduced Amy before they brought in Bobby. Interesting. I bet he'll, he'll pop up. So that's a whole storyline. And I couldn't help mm-hmm. but look at her and be like, I don't know how oh, you died. Your face. Your face. Oh. I know. That might be a spoiler for the, the right. book, but book nine is very intense and seeing this character evolve into such a beautiful person on the ridge. Yeah. You know, this individual's fate. It's going to be rough. Book six, season six, going to be a rough show, guys. <laughs> I mean, it always is. Like if you- right. If you got through to the end of season one and you weren't like, oh, that was rough. But then you keep coming back for more because you're a glutton for punishment and, you know, guilt, (laughs) then you're going to keep coming back. Favorite Jamie moment. Okay. It's going to sound weird, but bear with me here. Okay. Let's hear it. But seeing Jamie stick around and hover and intimidate Tom Christie as he was getting his hand worked on and then shedding light on the subject of, oh, he wouldn't faint. If, or he, he would faint more if I wasn't here. Yeah. He wouldn't, yeah. or yeah, he's like, he won't faint or move around or anything while I'm standing here. Yeah. That was right. pretty funny. And then Claire just hit the nail on the head saying, you guys are two Rams butting heads. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But one's hotter than the other. You know, that's way the only hotter. difference. <laughs> yeah. Way hotter. I mean, the other one, there's no hot. There's just Yeah. I wouldn't even go to your same church, bro. No. Okay. So I think my favorite Jamie moment is when he walks up to Tom Christie's little gathering and he's with Bree and Roger and he's like, let me tell you how we do things here on the ridge. Himself has arrived and he's like so sexy. Jamie Fraser's word is law. Okay. And this is how we do things here. That was pretty, that was pretty delicious. The Laird has arrived. He has. Lord Brock Turok. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yes. Yes, sir. So favorite Claire moment. Okay. I'm super torn. I have a love hate relationship with this, with this moment. Okay. So bear with me here. Okay. Loved that she created ether Mm -hmm. because I loved how the show illustrated her creating penicillin. And I was like, yes, another thing under her belt, something to save people on the ridge. This is great. This is super empowering. Yay. Women empowerment. Rah. And then I was really irritated how the show illustrated her abusing the ether at the very end of the episode. So that's what I was going to say caught me by surprise in this episode. Okay. That definitely not my favorite moment, but I was very shocked at the end. And it wasn't in the book. No, I was like, did I miss something? I don't think she would, you know, the Hippocratic oath, like you're not going to cause harm to anyone, including yourself that, yeah, I was very surprised that just doesn't, I don't know if that's in line with her character. I don't think it is. I mean, I I can understand blocking out trauma. I can understand the why behind it with the show writers, but I don't think that is in line with her character whatsoever. No. And there's so much in these books in these later books, there's so many conversations 
conversations between Jamie and Claire and they're sharing in like their pain and what happened when he's, you know, staying with the monks at the end of book one, she makes him talk to her after his experience with Blackjack Randall. And she's avoiding talking to everyone and saying, I'm fine. And she's not fine. And she probably would have talked to Jamie more about it, but instead going downstairs, like I'm going to make a cup of tea. And then he doesn't follow her. And I was like, oh, it's not really like him. So it was just, it didn't feel like them to me. Definitely caught by surprise. And I was going to say my favorite Claire moment. I'm not sure I really had one because you know, she's struggling with what happened still at the end of season five. And you can see that she's trying hard to hide her struggle from Jamie and Brie. And again, like I can get her hiding it from Brie because she's the mother. That's her child. It's very natural to do that Mm -hmm. as a mom, but to hide it from Jamie, I just don't see her doing that. Well, and the other thing is, this is now a shared experience with your daughter and your daughter is trying to connect and understand Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I've been there. It was the absolute worst for me too. Yeah. I think that was my favorite Brie moment is when she affirmed that like, Hey, I get what you're feeling, you know, and it is a shared experience with Brie and with Jamie, Mm -hmm. you know, what was your favorite Brie moment? So it was a Roger Brie moment, like duo moment. Oh, I wonder if it's the same as mine. What is it? So I loved seeing them welcome folks to the Ridge. It was just seeing how far they've come. They've been through Mm -hmm. so much. Oh yeah. I remember reading the books and thinking like, do they know what they signed up for? (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) And just seeing them evolve into these well-rounded adults that are just very welcoming and saying, oh, let me go see if I can find some baby clothes. Oh, let me go see if I can get some bread, you know? And then with Amy McCollum, not Mm -hmm. officially Higgins yet, uh, you know, Roger stepping in and being that surrogate father figure. Yes. That moment on the stairs was yes. my favorite Roger moment where he's like, well, you're going to have to help me build your house. Cause you're the man of the house. He's talking to little Aiden. Yeah. And, um, I was like, Oh, Roger, you just do it for me. You are so just such hard. a good dad. Right. But like, where was Jimmy in this whole episode? He wasn't, I didn't see him at all. No, I didn't you see, see like Fergus and Marsley's kids when Jamie goes and takes him in the wagon for a little ride. But like Jim was nowhere to be found. He has longer hair. I remember seeing him in, in the trailer. I could recognize him. I'm but sure I he'll don't... pop up, but he just wasn't in this episode, which I thought yeah. was weird. But yeah, Roger, I was like, mm, she did a good job marrying that husband. Right. That is like... a husband right there. That is a minister. That is a daddy. <laughs> yep. I was like big daddy energy. Yeah. Right he really, Get it, Roger. Yes, I can appreciate he, that. He, he sure does have daddy energy. So another thing that caught me by surprise, other than the whole Claire thing was the rift between Marsley and Fergus. Like I, even though I know that that was happening to watch it play out on screen, I was surprised how hard it was for me to see her dealing with it. Oh yeah. While she was a thousand months pregnant, because like when Marsley's on the screen, like she's your sister. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I feel about it. When I see her and I'm like freaking Fergus, I'm gonna slap his face. Like, what is he doing to her? And she's just so strong. Right. Even in this, she's still being so strong and she's in control and she's doing all of these things, taking care of the kids and, you know, trying to take care of Fergus too. The, my emotion during that was so strong. And I was very surprised by that. I'm like, I guess I really love these people, <laughs> right. these characters. Wasn't that rough to watch that? It was horrible to watch. It was relatable to watch. It was so incredibly frustrating seeing her angrily cut bread and like shove it down his throat, making sure he was in a different room. So nobody would see how hammered he was. Yeah. Um, That's so hard. Oh, that hits a nerve. Oh, and I mean, at this point I would have been like, dad, go kick his ass. Like 
go put him in his place because this is Jamie's adopted son and Marcelli's stepdad. But at the same time, Jamie can make a mental note and recognize that Fergus was drunk when he came on the ridge to meet the Fisher folk. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, I remember. And he calls him out and says, hey, you should be at home more. Mm-hmm. which I would take that as a don't let me say that again because if I do it's just going to get real and you see it in the next episode's trailer and I was like oh it is not looking good for Fergus but here's the other thing I vividly remember reading in the book the storyline and they shed so much more light on how depressed he is yeah and we haven't gotten there yet but I'm glad that they touched on it in this episode because we only have eight episodes this season and we can't really focus on Fergus and all of his problems. So I'm glad I, that I they think touched. he's going to get a pretty big highlight with this because they're making such a point of it now. And I think part of the reason why I was so emotional with it is because I know where it's going to lead for mm-hmm. him and his journey. I think the reason why maybe Jamie was a little more lighthearted in this episode is maybe he doesn't realize how much Marcelie is dealing with and how bad it is. Right. And perhaps Claire will mention like the bruise, but Marsley's never going to say anything because she doesn't want to bother them. She's like, I can do this. Like mm-hmm. Claire's been through so much. I don't want to bother them. I'm That's just going to stick it out because she loves Fergus and he's a wonderful man, but he's just going through some really hard stuff. Yeah. You know, and he's so hot. It's really hard to be mad at him, but I was, I was so like, glad are you didn't... joking? Yeah, I was so glad that they redid his hair. For this season. Oh, he, he got a haircut. Amazing. Yes. And I was yeah. like, yes, they kept it. Oh, yes. I wonder if he had to argue to be like, oh, come on, dude. I don't want to wear a wig. Come on. This is really good. This is a good look for Fergus. Yeah. Did not like his mustache. The mustache drove me nuts. I didn't even notice it. <laughs> oh, really? I was like, mm, okay, one out of two is not bad. All right, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> okay. What really hit me in the feels. Oh, man. Okay. So when Jamie is like, they're in their bedroom, they're on the bed, and like Jamie tells Claire, that he thinks she might be an angel because she was always with him when he needed her. I mean, like, come on, if you don't love Jamie Fraser, then you're probably a psychopath. Well, I mean, even if you do love Jamie Fraser, you could be a psychopath because, you know, black Jack Randall, anywho, those romantic moments between them just, uh, just really gets me. I can honestly say that moment in particular did nothing for me. (laughs) I know. And I was like, what am I immune now? Like, what is going on? I don't know if I can just tell that like she's married in real life. And now with a kid, you know, he's just his own person outside mm. of the show. Cause when they were both single, you saw the chemistry in season one and season two. Oh Hell, yeah. Season you three. have to suspend your disbelief next time, drink a glass of wine, then watch it. And then right? you'll suspend your disbelief. And, but like, oh, I just, I love romance. You know how I am. And not that you don't, or don't love this story, but maybe, maybe it's just been so long that we've seen them in action. To put it mildly, I had to like justify, I was like, why doesn't this do anything for me? Or why doesn't this particular scene do anything for me? And I wasn't sure if I was like, is he trying to be more careful with her since the incident happened and probably like initiate everything. And this was just like him just like taking it slow. I don't know. I was like, come on, where's my Jamie Claire? Like hot and heavy. Let's go. I had to like justify that particular scene. So many. Oh yeah. You had way too much stuff going on in your head. Next time we drink a glass of wine, watch it again. Cause it was very, it was so romantic. I, and there was a lot of tenderness there. And it reminded me a mm-hmm. lot of the the conversations that Diana Gabaldon writes between them in these later books. I just, yes. those are my favorite. And it's like one of those 
times, like anytime they're in their room and they're talking about things, I'm just like, Oh, that tenderness and that familiarity and that safety and this like long marriage that they've had. And the love is still there. Like he just adores her. All I have to say, I mean, I feel like the season's off to a good and very intense start. Agreed. Yes. Beating somebody in the front yard. I mean, it's fine. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. I also think they stepped up the Browns game to the level that the book's at. So yeah, Richard Brown, he has very menacing faces that he makes. And I want to like slap it off his face. Like yes. stop making those faces. Yes, I agree. He was more welcoming in season five. And well, yeah, some stuff's gone down since yeah, then. Agreed. And again, it's just male flexing. Even when Jamie tried to justify how unqualified Richard Brown is to be an Indian agent to Major McDonald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And McDonald was just brushing it off like, no, that's between you guys. And I was like, dude, his wife was raped. (laughs) And you're saying that's not an issue. Oh, that just hit a nerve. And he wanted to like brush it under the rug. And I was like, oh, that's Mm -mm. that hits a nerve. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, this is why. Granted, nobody knows how Lionel was really killed from Marcelli's hand at the same time. There's just a lot of bad blood between the Browns and Jamie. But at the same time, I was impressed with how much Richard Brown stepped up his intimidation game. That's one way to put a damper on a party, right? Like, it was. Let's, let's it was. Beat someone hey, in the front yard. Great. Party pooper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You weren't invited. No, we did not invite you to this yeah. gathering. <laughs> Yeah. And Jamie deciding to be the Indian agent. He's like, well, we can't have this guy do it. This psychopath. He's like, I'll do it. I feel like Jamie's kind of always in that place where his hand is forced, you know, whether to be in the Jacobite rising or to be a red coat, you know, general or to be an Indian agent and all these things. Like he's never choosing to do that. It chooses him. It, yeah. His hand ends up being forced and he's choosing like I guess the lesser evil Mm -hmm. or, you know, he wants peace. He wants to be with his family. He wants to stuff keeps getting thrown at him, but he rises to the occasion. He does. Very good point. Okay. And now it is time for the fangirl spotlight of the week. The fangirls podcast is on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom made fandom inspired artwork in digital download form with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more. You are sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. We are offering 20% off our entire Etsy store for the month of March. No code is needed. The link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. Fangirls podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. And we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fan guys like you. Thank you for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram. Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called The Fangirl's Favorite Things, inspired by your favorite fandoms. This month, we are covering a highly anticipated Bridgerton Ball fan event happening this month in Los Angeles, California. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Outlander, Outlander Stars, Stars Network, Diana Gabaldon, and or any of the cast of the show Outlander, unfortunately. Or Jamie Fraser's Kilt. Uh, or Jamie Although Fraser's we'd Kilt. We'd really like to be affiliated. Just really big fans. Super really big fans. Super duper big fans. Super duper big fans.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.